All right, welcome back to another edition of the Three Stooges of Basketball podcast. I am very happily joined by my friend Eric Bugard from Junior All-Star out in Minnesota and Mason Asher down in Iowa, who knows everything there is to know about anything, so I ask him everything. Um, but yeah, um, if you can't tell my voice a little raspy today, forgive me, but I'm going to move on and not mention it again because I mentioned it to these guys enough before we started recording. But uh, we're going to start where we always do in the Big Ten. And I feel like we have to start with Indiana talking about their, um, I believe they sealed up conference today, right? I did see that correctly. At least to share, yeah, at least to share the title. Yep. So I feel like we got to talk about them first here. I mean, I, they're still one of the, you know, top ranked teams in the country. And I mean, they kind of beaten all comers outside of like one random blip at the start of the Big Ten conference season. So, I mean, just kind of tell me like what, what they've been like this season um, in, in your eyes. Because obviously they were really good last year, but um, this year kind of feels like they've all, they've kind of put it all together. Yeah, IU is, um, I, I keep waiting for them to kind of a little bit of a, like a road bump. They haven't yet. They haven't, you know, made, the loss earlier in the season was a little bit of a surprise, but, um, you know, for the most part, they've kind of just kept chugging along and, you know, have performed like the best team uh, in the Big Ten so far this year, for sure. I mean, there's not really any doubt about that. Um, and, you know, every time we get on here, each of the last couple of weeks, we've kind of said, you know, for the Big Ten championship race, it's basically a, if this happens, then that would happen. If that happens, you know, this would happen. Well, right now we're, we're pretty much to the point where um, – you know, it's a two-team race. Uh, the only way that any other team could get in the Big Ten uh, regular season title discussion is Iowa. Uh, like Eric mentioned, they uh, Indiana locked up a share today. Uh, they only have one game left. That's against Iowa. Iowa has two games left. Um, that's against Maryland and uh, IU. If Iowa wins out, it's pretty simple. Indiana and Iowa share the Big Ten title. If Iowa loses one of the games, no matter if it's to Maryland or Iowa or to IU, um, IU is going to be your your Big Ten champion. So, yeah, Indiana's been the most consistent team, obviously, this year. Uh, they did have that, you know, one little bump early in the year. But other than that, you know, non-conference, in-conference, they've been stellar. I mean, I'll give them, you know, shocking. I'll give them a little credit. And not necessarily credit because you don't want to always use it, but Berger was out in the game against Michigan State, so that does play a factor. She's one of their better defenders, one of their best clutch shooters type situations. So still probably shouldn't have lost to Michigan State, but I'll give them that. Um, now where I give them where I um, don't give them credit, their usual their fall like a typical Big Ten team will usually be in the second round of the NCAA tournament. That's where they'll wait to have their big fall or even Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Big Ten turn ever since I've watched the Big Ten back to the early 2000s, they tend to have, you I mean, know, Ohio State's done it often where they're one seed and you lose in the second round to an eight seed. And Big Ten teams seem to find a way to embarrass the conference every time they get into the NCAA tournament. So if any of them are set up for a fumble, I'm guessing that's where it's going to happen in the NCAA tournament. So my question is to you, Mason, if you're Iowa, would you? This kind of goes back to what I say, like when you play a team three times, Iowa lost at IU. I know you have a packed crowd and stuff. If IU gets you there, if you're Iowa, would you rather get them at home in the regular season finale or would you rather get them in the Big Ten tournament? I don't think you're going to get them twice. 
Um, yeah, for them, I think it's it's big picture. Um, I think you would probably rather for Iowa, it's big picture. I think you would rather probably want to get them in the regular season, uh, just because you know your Iowa seeding is not going to be you know, different, whether it's you lose at the end of the season, last game, or you lose in the big 10 conference tournament. Um, So if I was, I I would rather beat them in the regular season because then you're a co-conference champion. You know, if you beat them in the big 10 conference championship, you know, you've already locked up a bid. You've already pretty much locked up your seating. If you're in the finals there, Uh, a lot of times, you know, the winner loser of the Big Ten or any conference for that matter, championship doesn't really affect their seeding because they've got, you know, 25 games of, of a body of work prior to that. So, uh, you know, and, and two, postseason, you know, conference tournaments for at least the, the high major uh, schools or the high major conferences, I don't think those hold as much weight nearly as you know, a regular season championship. Now for your mid and low major schools, yeah, that's, you know, those are big because that's how you get into the postseason. But, you know, when you're a conference and you're getting four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams in, um, you know, the postseason in the NCAA tournament, you know, I don't think the postseason conference tournament is necessarily something that they, you know, look and strive to win. Now, obviously they want to win it, but I think for them, you know, you want to count your regular season, um, you know, conference championships more so than your, you know, your little postseason brackets. And I'd be remiss in terms of the Big Ten we're talking about. It's good to see that Michigan State is back playing. Um, we all send our thoughts and feelings and all our love to the Michigan State University, not just from basketball, but in general with the, what they've been dealing with lately this last few weeks. So it's good to see that they're back playing. Yeah, and, and I mean, with them, they had um, obviously an interesting, you know, week there with a lot of sadness going through through that program. But, I mean, they that's a team who, like, they are the one team that has beaten Indiana this year, right? So, I mean, what are you, what is your kind of outlook on, on that team and just, like, what you kind of think about them as a whole? Because, obviously, if you're good enough to beat a team like Indiana, even without some of their pieces, like, are they a team to you that could kind of, like, surprise um, surprise you a little bit in the Big Ten tournament? I think they could get a because they'll be probably a second day where they play. They won't be on the first day, but second day they'll play. I could see them getting maybe depending where they land, whatever they could maybe upset. Like I think a Michigan or Illinois that may be higher than them in terms of that. Their Purdue game, I don't know how them and Purdue are ever going to make up that game with what time is left in the season and what the schedule is for both of them. Um, so I I could see them get one. I just I don't see it. They're not. They have good pieces, and I don't know, to be honest, how they beat Indiana, but, you know, more power to them, they beat them. But in the Big Ten, we, you know, when we talk about those top teams, the Iowa's, Maryland, even Ohio State, Indiana, they have a go-to player. I couldn't tell you right now from night in to night out who the go-to is for Michigan State. It's a different player every time, and that's – and, I mean, it's not just not having a go-to. I don't think they have an elite player. They have good players. I don't see an elite player on Michigan State, so – that's why I don't see it personally. Um, and and there is one other thing um that I want to ask you about just in general, but it's Minnesota related, so we're, I'm going to wait for that one. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Mason? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, sometimes teams like that, 
like Eric was talking about, where it's, you know, kind of not one player hurting you, I think are sometimes tricky to game plan for because then it happens so that, you know, there's, you know, some, you know, your fourth option then randomly kind of goes off and scores a bunch of points. But, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what Eric was saying, I don't think, you know, there's many teams in the Big Ten that can end up upsetting, you know, an Indiana or Iowa or Michigan um, or Illinois, you know, far below them in the conference standings. I think the top, what is it, six, five or six teams are, are really strong. And then there's quite a gap between, um, you know, the bottom half of the conference this year too. I agree. And then the next thing I wanted to move on to was a little bit of uh, SEC stuff first, um, because South Carolina did get a little bit of a scare today um, at the hands of Ole Miss. And I was just kind of uh, asking you guys, is that just something that comes along with playing in conference play when you're seeing the same teams over and over again and you kind of understand what they do? Or is that more of a not not so much of a red flag to on, on their end, but more of like, a, OK, is Ole Miss like kind of going somewhere now? I think it speaks to old myths. Like I love Coach Yo. That's one of my favorite coaches. I thought I brought energy when I met games. That <laughs> woman would run circles around me like no tomorrow. So she's one of my favorites. Old myth though, I mean, they had LSU on the ropes. They had them kind of tied, you know, late in the game or within two late in the game before, you know, an LSU run highlighted by the referees was, you know, kind of what helped them. But old myth, she's had them going in the right direction. They kind of go, I mean, today was Angel Barker, but they're another one like they kind of could have anyone pop up at any time, but at a little more of a higher level. And SEC is a dogfight. And South Carolina knows they always, they can go to their big two. Zai Cook was the one today. We always have Aaliyah Boston. I don't worry about them because they've shown, especially in the UConn and LSU game, they can rise up for games. They probably took their foot off the gas a little bit today, which probably that can always be a hesitation. But I think as the games get more with more magnitude, I think they'll rise up to it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Eric there. I mean, I think it speaks more to how solid Ole Miss is. You know, they're they're fourth in conference right now. So they're not, you know, what they used to be, you know, where they were a bottom half team in the conference. You know, if, if you look through their schedule, they've played some, you know, really solid games. And like earlier in the season, they lost to Utah, who's number four by two. You know, they lost at Oklahoma by 10. Both of those were obviously, if you consider losses as good losses, you know, those are both good losses. Today was a good loss by seven in overtime. You know, playing at LSU, losing by nine, you know, it's wishy-washy how good LSU actually is. But, like, if you're looking at it from a pure, you know, number standpoint, losing at number five by nine is a good loss. You know, losing at Tennessee by 14 you know, that's probably a little bit bigger of a spread than you'd like to call a good loss. But, like, that's an understandable loss because, you know, Tennessee has really started to play well over the last couple um, of weeks here. You know, their only one bad loss really on the schedule is when they lost at Auburn. But that's a road game in overtime. Um, and so you'll lose some of those every year no matter who you are. Um, so, yeah, I think it speaks, you know, to how solid Ole Miss is. Um, and like Eric said, I think South Carolina could have been, you know, overlooking this game just a little bit. Um, but, you know, if you look at all the numbers in the RPI and the net, you know, Ole Miss is right on the cusp of being a top 25 team in the country. So 
uh, yeah, I think it speaks a lot towards how solid Ole Miss has played this year and how far they've come even in the past two years. Yeah, and then I want to move over to talk about a team that's um, a top 25 team and has been all year pretty much in Iowa State. Um, and I and I, I kind of want to use this conversation to talk about the Big 12 as a whole, more so than just Iowa State. Because Iowa State has, you know, obviously dropped a couple games here and there to, I mean, like, like a Kansas State and um, some of the other um, teams in the conference that are hovering a little more closer to the top of it. Um, but I was kind of going to ask you, Mason, because obviously you're from, like, you're in Iowa now. Um, and I'm sure you've seen that team a handful of times. So I just kind of want to ask you, like, kind of where that team stands in, in terms of teams and, and, like, what their level of competitiveness going into the tournament. Yeah, they've um, they've been pretty solid this year. I think you could call for them this season a disappointment. Um, thus far, you know they have their sights on winning a conference championship. You know they're the preseason poll number one uh, in the conference. Um, you know they had a, a Stephanie Suarez transferred in six 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 seven post player who got injured uh, early in the year and tore ACL, and then. Um, you know, they kind of had to learn because they, they've molded their offense a little bit to her, uh, you know, because they haven't really had a post player for a number of years that they could really uh, utilize at a high level. You know, they're, they're pretty oriented on playing, you know, four out, one in or five out even. And right now they don't really have a, you know, a true post player, you know, Ashley Jones is their de facto post player. And, you know, she's not a post. She's more of a, a three, four. Um, so they really had to kind of figure out how to play without Stephanie when she got hurt. Um, you know, they've, they've really struggled. And, and Iowa State has always done this is they rely on the three point shot a lot. You know, they, they try to get up as many three point shots as they can in the game. Uh, and when, you know, it's, it's an obvious fact, but when, when they're hitting them, they play very well and win. And when they're not making their three pointers, they lose, you know, they had a little rough patch um, earlier this month, two or three weeks ago when they lost to Kansas state, lost to Baylor and then lost at West Virginia. Um, you know, that pretty much took them out of the running for the big 12 uh, regular season title. Um, you know, they didn't lose those games by much, but just we're making some uncharacteristic mistakes um, throughout those games. And, you know, they lost to Oklahoma and at Texas uh, early in January. That's right when Stephanie went down. And then a little, little run there where they kind of got their footing under them and started to learn how to play. And they just had a stretch of three bad games, which really, really hurt them. Um, but this past week, they uh, beat Texas, which is a really good win for them. And then they beat Baylor, which is a really good one for them, too, because those are two teams that, you know, they've struggled with quite a bit in the past. Uh, obviously, Baylor is not what the Baylor, you know, Baylor was two years ago, but still they're, you know, an NCAA tournament team. Um, and so they have, you know, a little bit of a, a easier stretch this upcoming week. And then, um, you know, they play Kansas uh, March 1st, which will be kind of a tough game, but they should. Um you know, win their last four games. Um, so, yeah, I would say Iowa State's probably not in the greatest of spots where, you know, according to where they thought they would be. Um, but they're still in 
they're still kind of in the running for the conference title uh, in the regular season. Both of those teams ahead of them, uh, Oklahoma and Texas are two games ahead of them. Uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State are two and a half games back, I guess, because uh, they've played one less game each. So, um, you know, Oklahoma and Texas stumble over the next couple of games. Who knows what happens? But, um, yeah, I think Iowa State's set up, though, for some some more postseason success. Uh, it doesn't look like they'll be hosting first round again. So for them, it really is dependent on matchups in the postseason. Um, so we'll see what their draw is. And I think you could pretty quickly tell based on their draw how they'll how they'll do in the NCAA tournament. Do you kind of see them as like a wild card just because of that shooting that they have? Because obviously they do have a bunch of like high level shooters on on that team. Um, even if let's just say they get like a very very unlucky draw for them, like is there shooting enough to kind of just make them a wild card anywhere they end up? Yeah, I think so. I think for them, you know, they they always they always seem to struggle with athleticism. So if they get put in a position where they're going to have to play, you know, a one seed who has a lot of athleticism, like, like a South Carolina um, or a, uh, you know, an LSU or a UConn or, you know, any of those teams that have athleticism and I guess it'd probably be about the sweet 16. um, You know, they, they'll really struggle with, with those teams. Um, But as far as, you know, their ability to be upset, you know, I think they're they're solid enough and they're solid enough on the defensive end of the ball that I don't think they would be a team to get upset, you know, necessarily in the first round, you know, by a, a double-digit seed. But certainly in the second round, if they play a um, North Carolina or NC State or a team like that, they could definitely, um, you know, be upset. And last year they played – I think it was uh, UTSA or or UT Austin or no, it was UT Arlington. You know they played on them in the first round, and they only won by seven at home. Uh, they did not shoot the ball very well that game, um, and so that's obviously not a great result. Um, and then they lost, obviously, as we all know, to Creighton last year, which was just not a good matchup for them. So for them, it's it's really matchup dependent. If they have a team that's got big posts that can bang around, they're going to struggle. But like you said, you know, they could shoot the cover off the ball and be right in it. But they'll really struggle if they play teams with, you know, very solid post players, no matter if they're a low major, mid major, or high major school. Yeah. And then I think it's time to swing things over to Eric and talk about this week in Gophers basketball. Um, It's not completely negative this week, I don't think. So I think that we're going to have a very interesting time, Mason, to just sit and listen (laughs) to what Eric has to say. So I hope you're buckled in as much as I am. And just take it away, Eric. What what do you have to say about this week in in Minnesota? I'll say the typical Minnesota week in terms of... It's not typical because they won. Well, we won one that we probably shouldn't have, but we <laughs> lost one we probably shouldn't have. And so it evened out there pretty well. Um, I'll start with the positive. The the Nebraska game, the part that I liked about that was they things that had been hindering them for some reason, I don't know, seemed to eva- evaporate that game. Nine turnovers the entire game. They are a team that sometimes can average nine turnovers a quarter. So to have nine in a game, 
absolutely fantastic. Bench play was outstanding. Angie Hammond came in with 12 big points. She's really starting to kind of get her footing underneath her. I think her knees, she's a lot more, um, I would say, confident in her knee that she kind of came in questionable on. Katie B off the bench is doing what I would like her off the bench. She's that spark, defensive plug, hits the threes, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, Mara Mamba showed back um, 28 points. I was more stunned that we had a play that we would run to get her the ball. Um, I don't know if Nebraska's scout is just horrendous or their defense is just equally as horrendous, but we ran. they ran the play. It was like a weave play off to the side where Mara would come up to the top of the key and they got her the ball there numerous times and she'd either pull up for a mid-range jumper, get all the way to the lane, or in the game winner, she drew three people's attention and kicked it over for the game-winning assist. It was a game I feel like they deserved. They had earned, they had worked a lot of games and a lot of close games and had like been snake bitten with nine turnovers as good as they were playing. Sorry, Jess, Shelly, Mara, Mamba's just better than you. And so I will take that win. And then in typical fashion, they made sure that they turned it over almost as a gift every time they were on possession, 24 turnovers. I would say I think 18 of them are just simply steals from Northwestern. So probably should have beat them. Didn't. I wasn't overly surprised. Um, no one shot very well. So it's right now we're hanging on to we need the, if we're going to be in the 12-13 matchup, we need the Badgers to beat Northwestern because I don't see us beating. Well, first of all, I don't know if we're getting to Michigan State with what snow is coming to Minnesota. We're supposed to have like a foot of snow this week. So I don't know if we're getting to Michigan State on Wednesday. And then we have home birth Purdue. I don't see a win in those two games. So Big Ten tournament, here we come. Um, but like I said, that that that's my positive for the week. I was very excited to see them. Somehow they had a play to get Mara the ball. She shot the ball very well. The freshmen played, did their thing. They did excellent. Um, the Nebraska game is the one I wish we would hold on to in terms of we didn't force it to Rose a lot. We got her involved. She had 16 points, but only had nine shots and. It wasn't the focal of the offense. The focal of the offense was Mara Braun. And she had 28 points, her Big Ten career high. That's where the offense needs to run through with Mara Braun because when she's going like she was in that game, as you saw in the final drive, she drew three defenders to her and left open shooters, and she's willing to make the pass. So I would, but we, of course, you can't run an offense if you're turning the ball over left, right, and sideways 24 times a game. So that was super fun to see yesterday. So dampered a little bit of a good week, but I said a, a win that I was excited to see they had worked hard for, and I was excited to see Marner show up for. So that was the highlight of the week for the Gophers. Did the Northwestern game take away any of the sparkle of that Nebraska win for you? No, because Nebraska play Nebraska must not play defense at all. And because if you're not, I mean, once again, we give the we give turnovers almost willingly. Like sometimes it looks like we literally are just passing the other team as a gift. So I have no idea how Nebraska only fourth nine. They must have been bored or tired. Um, the other thing I'll say is Nebraska. I I jokingly call them Minnesota West because they have four Minnesota kids. I would just like to say to all four of you, Amaya Battle tied you for scoring, and Mara Brown oh almost God. doubled you up herself. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with the Minnesota kids we have on the team. I'll just say that right now. Oh, and uh, Sam Hybe, her homecoming did not go well, missing the two free throws when the game was tied at the end. And then she was the one that sagged off the shooter who hit the game winner. 
I'll take Mara and Amaya and Mal over any Minnesotan on any other team in the Big Ten. That's what I'll say. I was waiting for that caveat at the end. In the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you have anything to ask, Eric Mason? You always seem to have something to to, <laughs> to add in with. So I just felt like I, I couldn't I can't move on without giving you that chance. No, I don't. Not this week. I don't have anything to talk. I mean, why they lose the Northwestern, but it seemed like it seemed like the freshmen started to, you know, they've started to maybe move off of their freshman wall, but that also could have been the competition too. Mal kind so. of came down. Like I expected more from Mal, but Izzy Bourne's kind of a hard matchup for her. Um, Amaya, I said Amaya was in, I mean, Amaya fouled out, but so did Katie. So. Mara, I said, it's it's amazing what happened when Mara Braun actually ha- is able to get a play run for her to get her the ball. So if you're listening to me, coaches, maybe we should do that more often. But what do I know? I'm not a coach. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can move on with that, with, with Eric getting his little little jab in there. <laughs> um, but I just kind of want to move over to the mid-major side of things a little bit. And if there's – just kind of want to ask you guys if there's anything you have to uh, report on in, in, in the mid-major scene that you'd like to talk about. Nathan had a big game. Yeah, um, I'm not going to start with that big game, though, but I'll say in the Horizon League, uh, the regular season championship, I'm sure Brady will have more to add on this potentially, but regular season title game basically is going to be this Thursday between uh, Cleveland State and Green Bay. Uh, So that'll be fun. Both teams have another game, I believe, this week as well, but both shouldn't lose those extra games. So basically Thursday night's going to be for the Horizon League Championship, uh, assumingly. Um, yeah, there was a good couple of good games uh, this weekend. I think the, you know, the Valley is super tight this year. You know, you've got three teams now at the top in Northern Iowa, Illinois State, and Belmont, and you've got Missouri State one game behind them, and then you've got Drake two games behind uh, the leaders, and then it drops way off to UIC at seven and nine in conference. So it's definitely a you know, kind of a five-team race. Um, I would say it would probably go to either Northern Iowa, Illinois State, or Belmont at this point. Uh, Belmont has been on quite a run, though, and are probably one of the hotter teams in the conference right now. Uh, after they lost their uh, three of their four games in early January, uh, when they lost to Drake, Murray State, and Illinois State, they've been on a 10 run over the last um you know month plus here but it's going to be really entertaining these last two weeks because all the leaders still have to play each other um you know drake and northern iowa have already played twice but you know you have belmont they have to play northern iowa who's tied for the lead with them they have to play drake who's you know two games back but are still very good they've just lost a couple games that they've shouldn't have ever lost um you know they lost to uic last week uh or two weeks ago i guess at this point uh but they were o of 18 from deep so that's really not going to win you a game uh so that's you know they've dropped a couple games like that um you know illinois state probably is in the driver's seat here to win the regular season title you know their toughest game is probably going to be like uic the next two weeks, um, you know, that's the only team that they play over 500 uh, in the last four games of their of their conference slate. 
Uh, and then, you know, Northern Iowa still has to play Belmont and Missouri State. So right now I would say Illinois State is is probably in the driver's seat just based off remaining schedule. Um, and Northern Iowa and Belmont have to play each other again. Uh, so, you know, that's going to give one of those teams a loss. Uh, and Illinois State shouldn't lose the rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, they – they kind of got blitzed by Drake uh, this weekend. Drake played, you know, really well. It was pink out at the Nap Center. It was uh, it was a big crowd, and I think the players there, Drake, really fed off of that. Uh, and just kind of once it got midway through the second quarter, the game was never really in doubt. Drake ended up opening about a 20, 22 point lead, and I think it was uh, ended up winning by uh, sixteen, I believe it was. Uh, but the weird part is, you know, if you look at uh, the criteria that uh, the bracketology uh, experts use to uh, select NCAA tournament teams for the at-large teams, you know, Drake actually has the best resume, even though they're 11 and 5 in conference. You know, they have a better resume than Belmont, Illinois State, and Northern Iowa. Uh, so if Drake finishes out the season strong, even though they're 16 and 8 right now, you know, they do have an outside shot at getting in because their RPI and in that ranking is, is well in the fifties, uh, which the committee does look at. So there's a couple, you know, upsets along the way, um, you know, and they have a good showing and, you know, they don't lose in the first round of the Valley conference tournament, then, you know, they should, they should have a good shot. But I think the conference tournament this year is going to be really fun because there's five really, really good teams that, um, you know, are probably all deserving of getting into the NCAA tournament and seeing what they can do. Yeah, I mean, Mason beat me to the punch, but I'm going to talk about that game coming up between Cleveland State and Green Bay a little bit, and, and more so Green Bay sense because I know them a little bit more than I would know Cleveland State. Um, but, yeah, Green Bay today, they uh, avenged their only loss. Um, I want to say their only loss on the yard. They might have. They have two. One of their two losses they avenged because um, one of them was to Milwaukee. But they also, they already got that one taken care of and avenged. Um, but they got Youngstown State on the road today, and they absolutely thumped them from start to finish. It was a wire-to-wire win for, for the Phoenix down there. Um, they had a lot of really, really good um, – Stuff going early. They they made a couple threes early and kind of stretched the lead out. They were up uh, eighteen to six at the end of the first quarter, um, so things were just kind of going their way from the get go. Um, and they got some really good games from. Um, I'll, I'll throw a little Minnesota uh, flair in, in here for Eric with with Jenna Geyer coming off the bench and, and scoring fifteen points in in this one. Um, and then a kid that I've really liked um, watching in, in Cassie Schultz who's like a bigger guard, um, handles it really well, like 5'11", 6 foot, and just can kind of do a couple different things for them. Um, she finished with with 16. And, you know, if it wasn't for Lily Ritz and and this, and this for Youngstown State, this this game probably could have been even worse than what it was because she, um, she, she tried to drag them kicking and screaming back in the game in the second half a little bit because the lead did um, balloon up to 25 at one point. Um, and I want to say that uh, the, the old Penguins, the Youngstown State, chipped that thing down to nine at one point in the second half. But yeah, and she finished. I mean, she finished like twenty and and like fifteen or something like that. She was really good. Um, but yeah, no, it all kind of you know all rows are kind of leading back to the Crest Center this week. Um, with with Cleveland State and Green Bay, and Green Bay went down to Cleveland State, and and they kind of thumped them a little bit down there at their place. Um, but again, the theme since we started this podcast is kind of anything can happen in the Horizon League. So. 
I'm really looking forward to kind of see, you know, these two match up again now that they've kind of, you know, felt each other out a little bit. And um, obviously Cleveland State's a really talented team in the round. I think they're going to be coming into that game at like 26 and three or something like that, something along those lines. So, yeah, I mean, Horizon League regular season championship is pretty much going to be decided unless something really crazy happens after uh, after that game. But um, yeah, um, that's 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 what we got in Wisconsin um, for to look forward to on the college ranks this week. But actually, I will give a shout out to St. Thomas. For the major, <laughs> they ha- they have won three in a row. Not against the greatest competition, but hey, you won three in a row. Shout out to Coach Finn, who I talked to and said had a great conversation with Monday at the LFL. St. Thomas, winner of the three in a row, we'll give him a shout out. Well, yeah, I was going to say I, um, I did see that. They, sorry, I was going to say yeah, I, I agree there. There, it hasn't been the greatest competition, but it's their second year in Division One. They did have a good win against Will Roberts. Will Roberts isn't terrible. Um, you know they're solid, so uh, being the second year in in Division One, you know, and they're not at the bottom of the conference. You know, I think if if you're looking for silver linings of success, I know that they're not where they want that program to be. Um, you know, they're still basically mostly Division Three kids, uh, a couple transfers, and then you know they've got their first D one freshman class in there this year. Um, but yeah, just to piggyback on Eric, they've been better this year than I think a lot have expected and have won three in a row. So I want to turn the clocks back a little bit because we didn't talk about it last week. Um, you can kind of call the Big East a mid-major, kind of, if, if you want. If you want to look at the whole whole of it, it kind of is. It kind of isn't with UConn in there. But speaking of UConn, um, I can I you know I can't live with myself without bringing up that Marquette game last week down in Milwaukee. Um, so I want to shout out that, that program. Cause I mean, I don't know what it is about, you know, teams that are ranked in like the top 15 that get out in front of that Marquette team, but they seem to do really, really well against really good teams. I mean, down in the Bahamas, they gave pretty, they, I mean, they almost won that whole tournament. I think they took UCLA to overtime. overtime in the title game there and they beat Texas down there. Um, so yeah, like that, that program is, um, on on the come up there um you got some really good freshmen coming in over the next few years and and have a really good freshman class in there now um so yeah i just want to give a shout out to that because i felt kind of bad after we were done recording that i didn't talk about that because it seemed like the entirety of like the the everyone available that was that could go to that game in the uh high school basketball community in wisconsin seemed to be there whole teams were there you'd look at a picture and you'd see four different teams in the same section and you know Marquette pulled that out, and it was uh, really cool for for them to to do that, and and for one and two for all these kids in Wisconsin that got down to go see that to see it too. Shout out to Myth Marquette, Emily LaChapelle, you did that. <laughs> um, also shout out to Villanova and Creighton who had UConn on the ropes. If UConn and Gino didn't whine like four year olds who are without a pacifier, they would maybe have to actually earn a win once in a grand while towards the end, but. They will get what they have coming to them in the NCAA tournament. So, bye, UConn. Yeah. Um. With with that, we can move on a little bit to to the other to the to the other ranks that aren't D one. Um, and I'll start with this one. I want to shout out um, UW Stout. Um. For for what they got uh, done this season. Um. That program and I believe 2017-18 didn't win a single game in in conference and this year they're sharing the uh, conference title with um you know d- defending runner-ups in d3 uh, uw whitewater um that program has been on the come up for a while with coach iverson and coach foley and, wow. and uh, coach kylie um so it was really cool for them to get that moment and um i mean it came from 
a very unlikely uh, spot um, because they were a game back going into the final day of games in the WIAC. However, um, for whatever reason, Platteville, um, who I believe ended up finishing six and will actually snuck into the conference tournament with their win over Whitewater, managed to get a sweep on the season of UW-Whitewater. And I believe that is... I want to say they won four, three or four games all year, and two of them were to Whitewater, and one of them was to Oshkosh. So what they were able to do this year was pretty impressive, and and UW stopped um, kind of coming back from from the dead maybe like five, six years ago or are now on, on the top of the WIAC and have a legitimate chance of getting into the um, postseason either through um, the possible conference title or just getting in there outright. So yeah, shout out, shout out to them. That that was really cool to see them kind of, you know, battle through a YX season and we have a lot of ups and downs. And I believe the first game of the year, they lost to Gus, Gus, is it Gus Davis or is it Gus Gustavus? Is it Gus Davis Adolphus? Yes, that one. Um, They, they got beat by them pretty bad. So um, then them kind of, you know, rebounding off that and kind of, you know, getting the season that they had done is, is pretty impressive. So I just want to give a shout out to Tolly W Stout. Uh, yeah, for me this week, obviously, um, teams are starting to gear up for conference tournament play uh, and all that fun stuff. Uh, Wartburg uh, here in Iowa moved up to number 20 in Division Three, uh, And then Loris actually entered the top 25 as well. Uh, they've been playing very, very well this year. Uh, they finally got in there and are looking, you know, really solid. Uh, they, they actually... Uh, beat Wartburg uh, yesterday as well. So that's going to be a, a win that moves them up a little bit in the top 25. Wartburg might drop out tomorrow, um, but we'll see. I think Wartburg's a, a lock for the uh, NCAA tournament at this point, though. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Eric, you uh, you get me every time, man. But <laughs> anyway, um, well... <clears throat> Since you didn't have anything for us there, I know you have something for us for this next one. So, Eric, <clears throat> any intriguing results in the state of Minnesota this past week that you would like to share with the class? Absolutely none. No, actually, let me get started here. First of all, we have a few shout outs to go here. Shout out to the two all first and only freshmen, Tori Orline. And Madden Greenway to score 2,000 career points as freshman. They Matt Tori got her Saturday against in a big win, a one-point win over number two New London Spicer. So that's a very big win to have on their side. Clutch basket, she scored 28. It was a very, you know, kind of nip and tuck. Big win to pull it, you know, as you're going into sections. And then Friday happened, which what I can only call was an experience. Madden Greenway scored 60 points. She also threw in 12 rebounds and 11 assists. I remember thinking, because I knew she wanted to get 2,000. I knew she wanted to get it. Like, it was on her mind. You could tell it was on her mind. And she is outstanding, amazing. I never questioned anything with her. But when you're playing your rival for a conference championship on the road, 51 going into the game, you're kind of like, mm, that might be difficult. Not for Madden. Not for Madden. Not for the microwave, the magician, the magnificent, not for that. She had 27 and a half, and I was like, you could tell she was kind of dancing around. And then she got 40 with 11 minutes left to go, and we're like, she's going for it. She's just going for it. It was a game. But then let's not even forget, Addie Mack on the other side had 45 points. Two players in one game combined for 105 points. 
in a 126 to 94 game. It was insane. Shout out to Providence for getting that conference title. Shout out to Madden for getting 2000. And I hope she's having a very good week. She's a weekend. She's down at Tennessee on an unofficial visit this weekend. So we have the two freshmen. Um, and then I think now the watch for them too is just kind of the all-time state record with Dalman at 5,060. And to update, they both have already passed where she finished as a freshman. Dalman finished her freshman year with 1,830. And Madden is currently at 2009 and Tori's at 2004. So they are coming for that record, Miss Rebecca Dalman. They are coming for you. Um, outside of those two, two-way was the headline this week. Um, otherwise, Hopkins was Hopkins. Chaska's the number one team in 4A right now because they only have one loss. And let's give her a shout out, Ken Ken Sanders, the point god. She's just going to keep going and keep going, keep rolling. So I got to get both my favorites in there, Madden and Kennedy Sanders. So I'm I'm set. Um, I'll I'll follow up that one the best I can. I won't let Mason have to attempt to follow something up of that nature. But um, I want to talk about um the Classic Eight Conference de facto championship game between Waukesha West and Cutham Rain. And there's one kid I'm not going to talk about because I'm going to talk about her a little later. Um, but that game was one of the most fun games I've ever been a part of. Both these teams were, you know, flying up and down offensively. You had kids like Annika Hallendrung pulling pulling from 30 feet with kids right in her face. You had Grace Grahalski doing Grace Grahalski things, making a bunch of shots, finding little gaps in the defense, taking advantage of them. Caden Crone was making shots like crazy. I think she finished with 24 and like five threes. I don't I don't think she missed a shot in warm-ups. I mean, the, the gym was packed. Um, Braylon Torres had a really, really outstanding close to that game, which probably won them that game. Um, yeah, and I mean, Waukesha West was down 11 with about three minutes left and with no shot clock in Wisconsin, which we don't have to talk about right now. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, they they tried to sit on the ball a little bit, Kettle Moraine did, and, you know, had a couple kids miss some free throws down down the end, and you know West had a chance to tie it late. Um, little controversial call at at, at the end that was um uh, that looked like it could have been a shooting foul, even though it was a weird motion trying to just like get the ball up towards the rim, off an offensive rebound. But you know it was called a one and one, and um Kettle Moraine snuck out of there with with a win instead of having a chance to go to overtime. But you know that that game was um the gym was packed. It was senior night at Waukesha West. Um, all the seniors at West, all the seniors at Cam. It, basically everyone there has always split with with each with each other throughout the years and kind of ran took the first one handily and i mean west came back in, in this one then they were really looking for looking for a brawl and i mean they got it um unfortunately they came up a little bit short but i mean they have some really big goals in the postseason i mean they're good enough to go to the state tournament if um things go their way um i <clears throat> i would pick them to go to uh the state tournament in d2 um personally but you know, obviously the, the postseason is a different animal and, you know, things happen. I mean, in a one game setting, you know, um, there's a whole lot of different things that can happen, but yeah, I mean, that walk to West kind of Marine game was, I mean, up there for some of the most fun I've ever had at a game. And I mean, I was completely engaged with it from start to finish. So shout out to those two teams. And I mean, there's one person in that game I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Hopefully my voice sticks with me. Um, But yeah, that that's what I got in, in Wisconsin from, from this week. And I'll, I'll, I'll let Mason follow that one up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll follow that one up and you can go get yourself some water here. Uh, clear your throat before you, before you uh, head on. Um, yeah, obviously last week uh, here in Iowa, the uh, region started. Uh, 3A has already finished up. So we know what five teams or five teams. We know what uh, eight teams there heading to state. Um, 
you know, I had mentioned uh, on Twitter when the, all the brackets were released that I thought this year that uh, the association did a really, really good job of seeding teams. I thought they were, you know, well-seeded and balanced. And for the most part, I think the word that I kept coming up with and, and repeating on Twitter when I was looking at the matchups was, you know, all these regions are kind of going to go chalk, you know, and which that means the one seeds are going to win. Um, in 3A, you had the one seeds win six of the brackets. Um, in Region 7 and Region 8, uh, the two seeds won. Um, and only one two seed or two of the two seeds in 3A lost before the championship round. Uh, so in six of the uh, um, eight brackets, you had 1v2 in the finals. Uh, the other two that were not that were 1v3. Uh, so all of them were, you know, pretty much went how you probably expected. Um, there's only been one bracket so far um, that the one seed has not reached the finals. Um and that's going to be in 2A Region 5. Uh, Beckman Catholic uh, has actually gone on a really nice run here uh, as the five seed to reach the Region 5 finals. Uh, they beat 19-3 and Cascade uh, on, on, I believe it was Saturday, uh, in the semifinals there. Uh, so Beckman Catholic's 13-10, and and will be playing number two, Applington Parkersburg, there for the Region 5 title game. Um you know, and just quickly running down uh, all all five of the classes uh, in in 1A and seven of the brackets, you have 1v2. So that's been super chalk. Um, and then in region six, um, West Fork is the one seed. And then Maquatica Valley is the six seed. Um, they came in with you know, a tough road ahead of them and have rattled off three wins in a row to now have a chance to go to uh, the state tournament. Um, you know, they've been a pretty strong team over the last couple of years. Um, just have not been able to put it together so far this year, but are looking really strong right now. Um, and then, like I mentioned, in 2A, we have a 2v5 matchup in Region 5. Uh, other than that, um, you're going to basically see all one seeds win. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty chalk in, in two way there uh so i would be pretty surprised if the one seeds don't win um the other seven regions uh like i said and 3a is already done two two seeds won there um but otherwise it was pretty chalk um in 4a uh again fairly chalk um you know you have dallas center grimes he's going to go to state uh, a Assuming they win, they should win. Uh, Dallas Center Grimes, North Pole, Bishop Helan, Ballard, uh, Decora, Xavier in Region 6 actually plays Western Dubuque, who's the five seed, who has somehow learned how to play basketball this year and are now <laughs> sitting at 5-18 and 18 on the season, uh, going in to play Xavier, who they did only lose to by six points earlier this season, so maybe some February magic there. Um and then Clear Creek Amana plays North Scott, which is probably a toss-up game. Uh, and then Glenwood's come from the three seed in Region Eight uh, to face off with Pella, who's the number one seed there. Um, Glenwood has Jenna Hop, who's going to South Dakota State. She's really good. Obviously, probably a top seven to eight kid in the state. 
uh, in the senior class. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Glenwood wins that and goes to state again. Uh, Pella is probably the better team, uh, but Glenwood is, you know, very good as well. Uh, they just had some some bumps in the road this year, and that's kind of happens when you're relying on on one kid to kind of do everything for you, uh, and, you know, shoot it 25, 30 times a game, uh, unless obviously you're Madden Greenway. Um, <laughs> in 5A, 5A I think is going to be all one seeds, I would assume, um, you know, all but one or all but region one and region three are going to be one uh, V two seed matchups. I think the most intriguing game is going to be in region two Johnston versus um, Sioux city East. I think both of those teams are uh, state tournament caliber teams. It's unfortunate that one has to go home prior to the state tournament, uh, but there's a lot of really solid teams this year in um, in five a. So I think all of the one seeds will probably end up coming uh, out on top uh, in region seven, you'll have Southeast Polk and Iowa city Liberty in the one B two matchup. That'll be a really solid game. Uh, they both are, I believe 15 and seven this year. And then Cedar falls and Valley um, in region eight. If I had to uh, guess, I would say that that game is probably the one where I feel like there's the best chance of an upset. I don't know if you'd call it an upset because I think Valley is better than Cedar Falls. Um, but if there's anyone where I had to pick a non number one seed to win, I would pick their region eight. And I think Valley could pull that out. Um, so, yeah, like I'd mentioned over the past couple of weeks, I think, um, you know, the state tournament's been pretty chalk so far, like, like we had all expected. Uh, I think again, the association did a really got, good job of seeding teams and, um, you know, with it being chalk, I think we should have a really, really good state tournament this year. Yeah, and, and, and with that, I have drank almost a full bottle of water. Um, so hopefully we'll be good for the rest of this. Um, <laughs> but but the next thing I want to ask about is I want to go over to Eric and just talk about um, some of the storylines now Now that you guys are winding down as, as Wisconsin and I will both have our, our seeds all ready to go for the postseason. You guys still have a little ways to go. Um, is there anything that you're kind of looking for before that all comes out and um, anything that you want to highlight in particular? Um, I think with Crosby Ironton, with Tori and her team beating New London Spicer, one of the curious things in 2A is who gets that second seed when it comes to if they make it to state tournament? Like Providence, as long as they're there, they're number one because it's, it's Providence, then there's a country in between, and then there's the rest of 2A. I'm curious who gets the two seed because it kind of depends on, you know, there's still some games to play. Crosby plays Minnehaha this week. Um, you But you have like St. Saint, Saint Lutheran out there. You know, you have Albany out there. You have Goodhue out there. You have, you know, New London Spicer only has one loss. So, you know, if Tory's team and Crosby can make it to state, like how do you seed? And for some reason, the Minnesota State Tournament, they seed the seeds one through five and the rest of the three are random draws for who they get. I don't know why it's that much harder to do three more seedings if you've done the first five already, but <laughs> what do I know? Um, so that's my curious. I'm, you know, coming up to state, I want to know who's going to be the number two team in, in 2A. I would assume Providence is going to be there behind the microwave. So they're probably going to still be there. Um, 3A, to be honest, and this sounds bad, 3A storylines are two teams, really. It's really Becker and Manila St. Margaret's. Shout out to DLSL. They could be a dark horse in the team if they're healthy. I, you know, the game I saw, they have three really strong 
from productive and talented young players, Anisha Scott, Jordan Johnson, and Maddie Blaylark. They could make some noise there, but I think they're maybe a year away because all of them are sophomores or younger. They may be a year away from content, you know, once Becker loses their big three. So it 3A, 4A. The only question I have there is, does anyone really have the guts to make Hopkins be the second seed at State if Chaska and them make it? Because Chaska's number one in, you know, 4A rankings. Does anyone have the guts to make Hopkins number two if they find their way to State and Chaska makes it? I'm going to venture no. I'm going to venture Hopkins will get that one seed, but that's the curious thing they have coming up. Um, this week might throw schedules into a tailspin with once again that fun, fun snow we're supposed to get that may have a lot of cancellations or reschedules. So we will see how that goes. Yeah, and I mean in, in Wisconsin, a lot of these um storylines come around like conference championships because we already have our seating. Um everyone kind of knows what their path looks like. Um so I mean obviously a team like Waukesha West playing uh Kettle Rain was a was kind of a big story this week. Um Everything else, for the most part, has been kind of sorted. Um, the only thing that I would like to highlight um, is with Callie Pepler, who is one of the better 24s in the state, committing to Milwaukee and, to go in, and going to play with her sister um, in a few years as she's a 24. But I just want to, you know, give a quick congratulations to her. Um, obviously, it's been a kind of a difficult week for, or difficult weeks for her after she got, got hurt in, at, at Kimberly. But, um, you know, cool moment for her to get to uh, – you know, finally figure out where she's going to be, what she's going to be doing after high school and going to be really cool uh, for her family. I'm sure to, to see her and Cammie playing together at Milwaukee. And hopefully by that time, Milwaukee is a little bit more competitive and they kind of figure some things out on, on their end. And, you know, with Kyle at the home, I, I, I trust that to happen. So yeah, you know, just kind of want to give, give her a shout out, but yeah, I mean, and then I guess if you really want me to, to really um talk about some different like minute details. I, I guess I can do that as well. Um, so the one thing that I would be looking at most is in division one, um, because I believe that there are five teams that are very, very good and could win a state title. And that would be Nina, um, Germantown. Uh, and then you have Brookfield East, Verona and Kettle Rain. I think those are the five teams that are likely going to be the ones that are going to be holding a, a gold ball at the end of the year. Um, and all of those teams have high level, high, high level players on it. Maybe outside of um, Brookfield East doesn't have like a true blue chip prospect in the state of Wisconsin, but they're just such a great unit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the Division One state tournament in Wisconsin is going to be star studded. Um, regardless of whoever comes out of sectional three with Verona and Brookfield East, there's going to be t- either uh, a team who's been there before and, you know, has, you know, been on the cusp of, you know, playing in a state title game or a team who, um, has Taylor Stremlow on it, who's one of the most fun kids you can possibly watch play the game of basketball. So um, that would be kind of the thing I'd be watching most in the postseason. That's not going to matter too much this week because I expect all those teams to kind of run through the teams that will be in front of them this uh, this coming week in, in regionals, but sectionals is going to be really fun to uh, kind of see what, what comes out of it. So that would kind of be what, what I'd be looking at. But uh, I'll, I'll – I, I was very dull, so I mean, let's see, let's see if Mason has anything spicier for us. I guess. <laughs> um, this week, no, not really. I think we'll see some good, uh, you know, some good games. But individually, uh, I do have one shout out. Uh, last week, I mentioned that Haley Polk was um, getting closer to the two thousand point mark, and I thought that she should probably reach it sometime in regionals or, um, you know, probably state. Um, Apparently there was an addition error 
in one game was not added onto her total. Uh, that was added on via, you know, Twitter notification this week when someone said, oh, we actually haven't added her 36-point game or 32-point game onto this total yet. So she's actually, like, 28 points away rather than 60. Um, so this week she did hit 2,000 points um, for Waterloo West. Um she became their all-time leading scorer, their first ever 2,000-point scorer. Uh, but, um, but I think the thing about that that's kind of the most impressive is that not only is she a 2,000-point scorer and the you know all-time leading scorer there for Waterloo West, uh, but she also is the career leader at Waterloo West in three-pointers made, uh, which makes sense if you're the career scoring leader. Um, steals. Um, so obviously, you know, she gives effort on both ends of the floor, uh, but also she's the career leader in assists, which is, I think, probably the most impressive feat considering that she scored over, um, you know, 2000 points and, you know, averages five, six assists a game. Uh, so shout out to her. Um, and we'll be seeing them, uh, assumingly at Wells Fargo as they look to, uh, kind of make their way back towards a state title. Yeah, and then just moving out a little bit more. The last thing I just kind of want to ask about team wise to, I do like you have I something have to a, share, Eric? I feel like we're doing player shout out here. No, 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 not not yet. We'll get there. Okay. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. We'll we'll get there. I'm sure you have a whole lot to say, but we're gonna have one more team thing that I just kind of want to ask you guys. Um, and I just kind of want to ask you guys in, in in the most simplest terms: Is there a team that you guys uh either really liked what they were able to do last week, or kind of surprised you in any way, shape, or form that you that you'd like to highlight? I'll be honest. I talked to him a little bit. Deal of fell. You know, there's a thing about when you're young, like sometimes I think, you know, I even said it a little bit, like they may be a year out. They have in 3A, they have really good pieces. They had a really good win against Visitation, their second win against Visitation, which is a sec with Sam Wills, who's a very good player. Um, so they beat him twice, kind of both close games. I their post player is I don't think they're the post player like their post player in 3A, Jordan Johnson. Big, strong, physical, but she plays volleyball, so she sometimes can get up there and strike a block like volleyball. Um, but she does a really good job of demanding the ball and finishing when she's around the basket. Uh, Misha Scott, super quick point guard, but you know she's not afraid of the big moments. And then Maddie Blylark, I mean, she took over the game because they were down three late with four minutes left to go, and she hit a big three at the top of the key with a hand right in her face then gets a steal and goes down and hits a mid-range pull-up. And the entire time she looked bored. So she didn't show any emotion on her face. So I was re- I'm was i really impressed with De La Salle with how talented they are as how young they are. I Once again, I stand by they are a dark horse when it comes to 3A because I think they'll make it to state. And if Becker or Benilde don't come, don't come ready, those youngins are going to catch it. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll take this one, Mason. I'll have you know. Go for it. I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna use my voice while I can. <laughs> um, so um for for me the the one team that I kind of want to talk about a little bit here is going to be in the Division Four ranks, um and I kind of want to talk about this Laconia team, um who was super young, uh last year. I mean they started three freshmen, um they um had a sophomore starting last year and they had a senior so pretty much four of their four of their five stars were underclassmen last year and three of them still are um but that team is 
a, a group that I just kind of want to talk about. I believe I've highlighted them before, but I, I really want to keep talking about this team because in, in D4, you kind of don't get a whole lot of people looking at you, especially if you're talking about like the Aquinas of the world that'll be around um, uh, possibly at state this year. But Laconia is a team who just has so many of these kids who can just, you know, hurt you from every which way. I mean, Tierney Madigan's probably the the star of that group. Um, she is um, one of the better 25s in the state. I mean, she can she can score it. She can really move her feet defensively. She's stronger than people give her credit for. Um, I mean, that that kid is just one of the most well-rounded kids that you're going to find, especially at the D4 level. Um, but there's just other kids like Aubrey Leonard, Peyton Morgan, um, who are who can just light you up from deep. Um, they have a couple kids coming off the bench who can knock down shots. And then you have Klista Vandenberg, who's a um like a 5'11 forward. But I mean, she just does a lot of the dirty work that you um you just kind of want in a post to do, especially if they're not getting like post touches with their back to the basket. She rebounds, she blocks shots, she jumps passing lane, she fronts really well. Um they're they're really well well rounded, and I think a lot of people forgot that they made that run last year to the state tournament, and it was a little bit um you can call it a little bit of luck here and there. I mean they had to go into overtime in the sectional final to win um to go to state, um they kind of lucked out a little bit on the seating um and the reseeding at state in my opinion, but regardless you play who's in front of you, and I mean at the end of the day they were a bad shooting game away from possibly coming home with a state title last year and. You know, a lot of people are kind of just overlooking them this year because you have teams like uh, Aquinas, who's back at the forefront of things. You have Randolph, who came up from D5 this year um, and who's going to be playing them in, in their subsectional to just get a chance to go to the game to get to state. Um, but there's a whole lot of really good kids there. And I mean, if they were to make a run and, and, and get to state and and win it, I think that'd be a really good way to cap off these last two years that they've had. But I mean, they're still so young. They're going to have another crack at this, too. So. Yep, that's that's what I got. And I'm gonna take another swing of my water. Mason, your turn. <laughs> yeah, so I kinda I kinda went out of turn on my player, I guess, but uh so I'll I'll transition to a team that I'm looking for or a potential upset this week. Um or or maybe a shout out. Um, you know, I already went over the uh results up into the championship rounds of, of most of these regions. Um but yeah, I'm I wanna give a shout out to Western Dubuque. You know, they came into the season, or not to the season, but to the regionals at 3-18. and 18. You know, they were the five seed. Um, you know, and they've, they've kind of ripped off a couple of really nice wins. Um, you know, the, the win against Central DeWitt uh, last weekend on, on Saturday was a really good win. Um, you know, they shot 35 free throws and ended up winning by 12 points. Um, you know, they had a, a great second quarter. Um, you know, where they outscored Central DeWitt by 15, I believe it was. It was 22 to 8 or 22 to 7. Uh, I think that quarter obviously really set the tone for the entire game as that pushed them out to, I think it was 40 to 18 lead at half. Um, obviously, Central DeWitt then made a run and came back near the end of the game, but they were able to do just enough, um, you know, to keep their distance there. So now they play Xavier, which is going to be a little bit tougher of a task um, as you've got the defending champions. Um, but, you know, in, in postseason, you never really know what could happen, although I don't believe that they'll notch another win. Um, and then in 2A also, I'd like to give a shout-out to Applington Parkersburg uh, and Beckman Catholic. Beckman Catholic had a really nice win against um, 19-3 Cascade, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I would say that Cascade was probably the heavy favorite in that region. Um, but as a five-seed Beckman Catholics kind of 
been on a little bit of a run here, came into the regional at 11 and 10, and now are obviously 13 and 10 playing for a, for a bid to the state finals or the state tournament. So, um, you know, not a ton of shout outs just because everything's been, been fairly chalk. Everyone's kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, across the five, uh, regionals and the five classes, um, you have 80 teams that play for a championship. Um, and out of those 80 teams, 68 of them are one or two seed. So, you know, obviously there's only been about 12 upsets throughout the entire uh, postseason so far, uh, which is, you know, not a large number. Uh, so with 68 of the one and two seeds in the finals, uh, I would say it's been fairly shocked so far. So, Eric, okay. it is now time for you to do your little player highlight. So tell me what you got, buddy. <laughs> so I thought long and hard about this. My highlight for this week <laughs> is the microwave, the magician, the magnificent. How do you not? A triple-double, 60 points in a game. I want to say this as my plea to Madden Greenway. It is an honor to watch you play being at that game Friday was witnessing history and multiple different things. Her hitting 2,000, Addie having 20, you know, 45 points. She set a school record. Madden set a school record. Everything was so intense and crazy in that. But Madden just is such a, I mean, she is on another level than maybe anyone else in this state. And I'm including all classes. The heart of a champion. You put any task in front of her, and I haven't seen one yet that she can't do. I said that I think Rebecca Dahlman's record is going to be broken by the name of Madden Greenway. I think she's actually going to be broken twice. I think Tori and Madden will get there. But Madden is just, you can't put into words. Well, you can't. I call the microwave, the magician, the magnificent Madden Greenway. She had a heck of a week. I'm excited. She has games Monday and Tuesday. Also, shout out. She got an offer from Tennessee after this weekend of being there. So big time offer there. Huge fan of that kid. Huge fan of her, the person of the kid. I love the Providence program. I love watching her play. Go get him, magician. You know, Eric, I was half expecting you to say like some random kid from you know six hours north of the Twin Cities who scored like eighty six points or something. I was I was ready for it. But, alas, Mason, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think Eric likes Madden Greenway? I don't. I think next mm. week. Um, well, actually, I do. I think he might not like her starting next week if we play a drinking game where you have to take <laughs> a shot since we're of age every time he says Madden Greenway or the microwave. We're going to be slurring our words 20 minutes into the podcast, honestly. <laughs> yeah, just like, like Eric was the first week. That's that's fair, but hey, it's a simple thing. The the microwave, the magician, the magnificent, the Madden Greenway. It's it rolled off the tongue. All right, I took five shots in that three seconds. <laughs> Jesus, oh my goodness, you you guys, after, you guys are something after else. After sixty I tell points, you. you gotta give her a shout out. After sixty points in a game, that's the third most ever in the history of Minnesota girls basketball. You gotta give her a shout out. Very true. Very true. I mean, I will. Take, take this next thing because I kind of held out talking about her um when I was talking about the West Kettle Moraine game. Oh, um, but 
Yeah, yeah, I'm well aware. I didn't think it'd get this bad, but we're here now. We're almost done, so bear with me. Um, I want to talk about Jordan Fenske. Um, Jordan Fenske is a sophomore from Waukesha West, and she's had to do a lot of things she's not super comfortable with this year at West. She's basically playing as the lead guard because they don't really have a lead guard that uh, you can really trust with every time down the floor, and she's been fantastic. I mean, Kettle Moraine is one of the better pressure, pressure defensive teams in the state, and Jordan did a hell of a job just handling that with class throughout the entire game. I mean, there was a few hiccups here and there, but for the most part, I mean, she kept uh, West afloat. And she might be one of the most lethal shooters I've seen th- this year. I mean, I watched her play Arrowhead um, a few weeks ago. And in the first half, she hit three threes, and all three of them were behind the volleyball line. And she looked comfortable every single time. There doesn't really seem to be a whole lot that phases her. Um, she's super long, so she makes a lot of plays defensively. And, I mean, she hit a couple real big ones down down the stretch to cut that um, Catamaran lead down um, to what eventually got to be three. Um, and she was the one that got hit at the end, which could have been, you know, uh, an iffy shooting foul. It was an iffy one-on-one. It was going to be iffy either way. Um, but I had full belief that that kid was going to make all three free throws had she gotten them. Um, she's that good. She's that confident. Um, I, I genuinely think that playing with um, the uh, Wisconsin Lakers last year, especially, she might have gotten um, outshined a little bit um, by some of the kids on the team, like Tegan Mullaney. Um, Grace Grahalski, some of these really, really talented kids in Wisconsin. She played up, um, so I'm sure a lot of people got looks at her. I know coaches are looking at her now at the mid-major level, and, I mean, she's going to be a great fit there if that's where she ends up going, but she just keeps getting better. Um, last year, she was just kind of a spot-up shooter in high school. This year, she's doing so much more. Um, in my opinion, she's one of the most um, – I don't even want to say improved because I don't even know if, like, improved is the right word to describe it, but she's, like – She's changed a lot of opinions this year on on her for from people just watching high school basketball for sure. Um, wow, we're 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 getting down to it here. Um, but uh, but she's been absolutely phenomenal all year, and you know, going into this, getting to the playoffs here. I mean, she's gonna have a really big role to play in 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 the in West. You know, chances to get to state. Um, she's probably the the X factor for them. And uh, yeah, I mean, shout out Jordan Fenske. I mean, she was awesome against Kettle Moraine. She had some ridiculous shots throughout that game so had to had to highlight her because she was she was something special that night i guess uh i guess is is mason the last to go here is is is, is... mason will wrap mason will wrap it up so that way we can get brady's voice a shout out for lasting through this (laughs) um yeah i'll make it short and sweet um you know there's a lot of, of really I, I will be much more in tune next week uh, just because there's there were a lot of players this week that had really good games just because of how uh, lopsided, the, you know, kind of the 1v4 and even some of the 2v3 region matchups were. So this week I don't have anyone to shout out player-wise. Um, you know, I go back to team shout-outs because at this point in the, in the postseason – you know, if you're a six seed, if you're a five seed, you know, if you're a five seed um, and a four seed and you're playing in the region championship, I think your whole team deserves um, being commended for that. So, um, you know, the the best players are doing what they should. I think, um, you know, if I, had to, if I had to pick a certain player to shout out for this week, I would say that Jenna Hop had a really good week last week. Obviously, 
Uh, Glenwood being the three seed, which in 4A you don't get a bye being three seed, so they had to play the four seed first round. Um, you know, she's kind of really put her team on her back uh, and have them in a really good position against a, a winnable game. Um, you know, on on Wednesday to to bring Glenwood back to the uh, state tournament and cap off her season and her career really well. Yeah, um, I think that that might do it for us. Um, I have a, I do have a question for Mason before I truly wrap this up for us. And my my question for you, Mason, is: Are we recording this in the same location next week on on Sunday, or is that the week out? No, it'd be this week, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. We we might be sitting right next to each other, and if you're still really Horace, I might be force feeding you water the whole time. <laughs> you can you can just treat me you can just treat me like a hamster and just give me like a little hung up little water water bottle thing and I'll just like I'll just take it from there, man. It's fine. We can go get our uh, our dog wall to you know releases the water down as he drinks it. So we we'll have that sitting up here on the desk for you next week. So you you'll be you'll be taken care of. I think it holds a gallon. So if you go through a gallon, you know our our restroom is right across the uh you know the hallway as well so you can you can move freely back and forth too yeah and and with that i will say i'm excited to go to iowa um to watch the iowa state tournament um starting not this monday cuz i'll be tomorrow but next monday and and just kind of get get a get the lay of the land out in, out in iowa and just kind of see some of the kids out there that i haven't gotten to see in a while and see some of the best kids in iowa too so really excited to um experience that for the first time and uh yeah <clears throat> with that i think my voice is about to uh truly tell me to get lost um so i thank you guys all for for listening to this through if if, if you've listened all the way through which i i hope you have um and yeah we'll be back next week with with another pod and you know, we'll have a little bit more of a uh, little bit more stuff to say in the Iowa and Wisconsin side, especially with the postseason continuing on here. But yeah, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time again this Sunday and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.